I want you to meet Justin Danoff. He's the head of corporate governance for a company called Strive. He's also one of the nation's leading corporate activists with vast experience in shareholder engagement and proxy voting. Previously, he was the executive vice president at the National Center for Public Policy Research, where he spent over 12 years. And I've known him for a while. He was one of the original people to call out the evils of ESG. And we've had him on this program before, three or four times when he worked at National Center. But then he went to work at Strive. It's a new asset manager. And I want to welcome him back. Justin, welcome back to the Economic War Room. Thanks, Kevin. It's always great to talk with you and your audience. Well, you know, you've gone uh, on a new journey. Let's start with Strive. You're doing, you were doing terrific work at National Center, and that continues today under our mutual friend, Scott Shepard. In many ways, you birthed the whole industry, the pushback on woke investing. So tell us a little bit about the history, what you got involved in, how you got involved, and why. Sure. So a couple of years back, um, I met a really uh, great American intellectual uh, gentleman by the name of Vivek Ramaswamy. And over you know many conversations, um, we decided that we're, there was a lot of talk about the issue and we were taking some good action at the National Center, but we kind of wanted to take that action to the next level. And what did that look like? Well, a lot of the actions that you know, conservatives describe as woke that businesses take, whether it's Nike pulling the Betsy Ross tribute shoe at the behest of Colin Kaepernick or, you know, Bank of America and Citi debanking their own gun clients. They I, I call those the headline problems. The real problem is that the asset managers, that is the money that's upstream of business decision making, was pushing a lot of that behavior. So when you think about who are the biggest asset managers in America, you think of BlackRock and their CEO, Larry Fink, State Street and Vanguard. And so over discussions and over time, you know, Vivek formed Strive to compete directly with the big three asset managers. So we launched last year. Our first product didn't launch actually until August. Uh, so we're still like less than a year old from that perspective. Um, and we offer passive investment products through the market that are frankly very similar to what you could find at other asset managers. Our main difference is how we vote and how we engage with businesses. That is our corporate governance um, and, and what we're doing at Strive. Yeah, well, I, I've got the book. I, I've met Vivek uh, multiple times, heard him speak multiple times, seen him at CNP. He, he's actually moved on to a presidential campaign, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> Just good, good clarification, Kevin. Yes. So uh, Vivek has stepped down from the board and stepped down from his role um, because he he sees, you know, this this fight can't just be in the asset management space either. Um, it, it's become very political. And um, as a friend, I wish him all the best. Yeah. Well, I, you know, let's talk about the problem a little bit that led us to where you are now. Uh, this buds for you apparently no longer applies for a lot of Americans. When we see uh, Dylan Mulvaney and the commercial that was put out, you know, a lot of people say, "Whoa, I, you know, wait a minute, this is a great American beer company, and that's not what I want to be drinking from now on." But that's really uh, it, just the headline, like you said. The real problem beneath that is why in the world would a company decide to offend more than half their customers? Yeah, because some of their largest you know, shareholders, and I'm gonna use air quotes, uh, push companies to take such actions. And so 
Um, basically, if you look at the history of this, right, BlackRock in 2018, their CEO, Larry Fink, put out a now infamous letter to business leaders. So think about this. Every year, one CEO writes a letter to all of the other CEOs in America, basically dictating what he wants them to do and wants to see. And in that letter that year, he changed the paradigm for passive asset managers. He said they were going to get much more aggressive in voting their corporate proxy ballots. And let's talk about what happens. You know, the technicals are important here, so let's lay the groundwork. At every publicly traded company, there's an annual shareholder meeting, and there are three sets of votes that take place. One is for the board of directors. The second is proposals that management puts on the ballot. And the third are shareholder proposals. And these shareholder proposals, Kevin, for the longest time had very little impact. They were more of like a squeaky wheel you could think of. But in 2018, when Fink changed that dynamic for passive asset managers, and they are the largest passive asset manager in the world, that really changed the efficacy of the shareholder proposals. They went from low single-digit support in 2017, and in 2018, with Fink's change, they jumped on average. ESG proposals got 24% of the vote. So a 10x increase in one year. That's a major effect and a major change. And these proposals affect culture. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, give or take, BlackRock has something like 10 trillion dollars of assets under management. I mean, it's a little higher, a little lower, but it's been in that ballpark now for a number of years. That is a big stick to swing. Yeah, and if you combine it with the assets that State Street and Vanguard and some of these on some of these issues, the three of them vote in lockstep, we're talking about 20 trillion dollars in assets under management. That's on par with the GDP of the United States of America. And so when you think about that, you know, 250 years ago, we threw off the shackles of England, right? You know, we had a we had a monarchy that we we threw the shackles off. We sort of have a, you know, a tripart monarchy now when it comes to the landscape of corporate America, when three CEOs can get in a room and switch a vote to change out the board members of a company to, you know, change their entire culture by deciding to vote for things um, like net zero 2050 targets, even at American energy companies that caused them to change the entire makeup, product makeup of their suites, right? So it can have a real dramatic effect. And so that's why, again, we decided to start Strive to compete with those asset managers because we tell the underlying companies in our portfolio a very simple message. Focus on your shareholders. Why? Because that has created the most human flourishing in American history, you know, or world history, I should say. Um, and by the way, you still have a legal duty to do so. Yeah. Well, John Bogle wrote a piece in about that time, 2018, right before he died, where he warned against, now this is the founder of the index fund industry warning against uh, passive funds being able to take control of America. Hey, we're gonna to need to take a break. When we come back, I wanna better explain how the proxy voting thing happens. Let's take a break and we'll be back. We're talking with Justin Danoff and he is a proxy voting expert, but the average person doesn't know what proxy voting means. They don't understand what's involved. They don't understand who the uh, consultants are that are telling you how to vote your proxies, Glass, Lewis, ISS, and so forth. So Justin, could you just explain to the, uh, our audience 
What does it mean to vote a proxy? Yeah, so again, when we think about what is being done with the corporate proxy ballot, these are property rights that most Americans that have exposure to the markets are ignoring. And as conservatives, that's especially shocking because conservative values have always looked after property rights. And so what happens is a distortion occurs on the proxy ballot. Um, when, again, three asset managers can get in a room and decide how to vote, add two other CEOs to that list. As you mentioned, ISS, which is Institutional Shareholder Services, and Glass-Lewis are proxy advisors. So these uh, firms advise fund managers how to vote their proxies. And since many fund managers get thousands of these things a year, what ends up happening is even worse because they robo-vote with whatever ISS and Glass-Lewis tells them. And your audience needs to know something very specific. ISS is primarily German-owned and Glass-Lewis is primarily Canadian-owned. So they don't have American interests at mind, in mind when they're making these recommendations. And so, so they recommend all sorts of pro-ESG shareholder proposals. Uh, they recommend against pro-fiduciary members of corporate boards and for pro-ESG pro members of corporate boards. Because again, an another thing to think about is they're differently situated legally. They are not a fiduciary. So they don't have to make recommendations that advance shareholder value. They can make and do make many recommendations that tarnish and destroy shareholder value. So again, this is a big problem when we have five companies essentially controlling the entire proxy vote. And individual shareholders, I, I you know, I have to put this out there because it's it's frustrating and it's been frustrating me for a while, Kevin. They don't show up to vote, right? So it's you know on somewhere between twenty and thirty percent. That's about it. Actually, cast their vote, um, and so that gives the institutional investors and the two large proxy advisory firms that control ninety-seven percent of the market even more influence on the vote. Yeah, and and you broke this. I mean, when you were at National Center, you did a brilliant thing. You bought a share of stock in a company so that you could show up and, and be an activist and vote. I mean, normally when I hear the term activist, it scares me. I think, oh, they're gonna bring in a bunch of nonsense. But you've actually stood up for the American people, made it your career to do so, and, and gone in and, and stood against this wokeness that's infecting so much of America. I particularly think that the ISS and Glass-Lewis of the world, they're just giving political cover for a bunch of leftists progressivists to take over our companies. And that's why we have Dylan McVaney uh, advertisements. That's why we have Disney airing uh, programming that in every way can offend the, the traditional Disney uh, viewer. And, and in fact, it's against the interest of the investor. I, I buy Disney shares because I want family-friendly entertainment. If I want something else, I'd buy their shares. But they're offending their viewers on purpose with a political agenda that's not to maximize shareholder returns. It is specifically designed to uh, push on us this ideology that America doesn't want. Yeah, so that's why you know we took a big step um, earlier this year at Strive, and we launched Strive Advisory so that we can give proxy voting recommendations to clients that want to vote and get these companies, again, 
so focused solely back on fiduciary values to drive shareholder value. We don't want to push someone's values, right? We want to push value maximization at these corporations. So again, last year, we launched Strive Asset Management to take on the big three, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. And this year, we launched, launched Strive Advisory to take on the big two proxy advisors, ISS and Glass-Lewis. And we think that um, we can have a really quick effect in this marketplace because once you explain to folks um, what's happening on the corporate proxy ballot, they're shocked. And again, it's it's again it's it's having a ef headline effect is not you know you got to dig a couple layers you know of the onion back to realize how we get to the headlines that make us so crazy. Yeah, no question. And. And the whole concept is to get back to neutral. And I say this all the time. You know, I don't want Christian cola. Uh, give me a Coke and a smile. You don't have to be, you know, it may work for chicken sandwiches. And maybe you have a Christian chicken sandwich, even though I don't think Chick-fil-A wants to be branded that way. Uh, but for the most part, serve all the customers. If you're Disney, serve family friendly because that's your customer base. That's where you will maximize returns for your shareholders. Don't go off into demons and, and all the other stuff that they're doing. Focus. And so give us neutral companies that, that maybe they find a niche and maybe their niche is conservative. Budweiser's niche was you know traditional middle America and they're blowing it now. That's why we saw this drop in shareholder value. But unless we have you at Strive, Tell us how that proxy service works. Yeah, so it's very simple. Um, you get a you know a ballot comes out. Uh, the board makes their recommendations. So we'll give it a company. The Disney ballot comes out. The board makes their recommendations on how they would like shareholders to vote. And then right next to that, you're just going to see what Strive would recommend uh, for each board member, for each management proposal, and each shareholder proposal. But at the end of the day it is up to the client to click in and vote because the fund managers are, of course, the fiduciaries here. We're just making the recommendations. So if you want to vote in a 100% pro-fiduciary lens that tries to depoliticize the corporate ballot, then that's what we're doing at Strive. Those are the recommendations we're making. Um, and, you know, the other, ask, the, the, the other proxy advisors, they're going to continue on their, you know, march towards ESG, which is obviously just a tool under stakeholder capitalism, you know, more broadly. Um, and so that, that, that's what we're doing at Strive. And another thing to point out is one of our main goals, again, is to depoliticize corporate America, as you said, back to neutral, because a lot of the issues that are being litigated on the corporate proxy ballot really don't belong there. They belong on a political ballot box because politicians are accountable to the American electorate. Like, I, I don't know about you, Kevin, but I don't think, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson sat around when they were founding the country and said, you know what, I hope someday an entertainment company becomes the opposition party to state level parental rights legislation. I just don't think that was the system they, they, they set up. So truly it, what's happening on the corporate proxy ballot is a sedition of the democracy that our founders put in place. Yeah, no, it's an elitist capture of the entire economy. I had the opportunity to have lunch recently uh, with Governor DeSantis of Florida, and you know it really is a battle. Uh, and David Goliath, the people's representative, is the David in this battle. The corporations are the Goliath. We're gonna need to take another break. When we come back, I'd like to talk with you a little more about what Strive is doing and how people can get involved. 
We're talking with Justin Danoff of Strive. They've done some remarkable things that I think is gonna open up an opportunity for all of us who believe in liberty, security, and values to really fight back against the corporate system. One of the things he shared with us is Strive proxy voting services where they can help you uh, find actually the, what's best for the shareholder and not what's best for woke America, not what's best for all the stakeholders, which is a very broad term, but actually good for you if you're a shareholder. And I think, my personal belief is, because they've done this, there could be some shareholder suits over fiduciary responsibility. If you're following a woke proxy voting service and they tell you to do something that's actually bad for the company, you might be able to sue them and tell them, hey look, here's a vote, here's somebody that's neutral that says what's good for the shareholder. So Justin, what do you think? Do you think people are gonna pick up the proxy services that you're using? You know, I, I hope so, because look, if we take this march to its, you know, logical conclusion, right? How do how do Marxists work? They work slowly, but once they get through the institution, they close the door. So if we get to European stakeholder capitalism, then the American experiment was great, but it might be over. Right. Because they're going to close the door um, on, on the way out. And so at Strive, I hope we're not too late for the mission that we're out to achieve. And I think that if the somehow the Marxists close the door in a year and five years and 50 years, I'm still going to want to be the last one on the wall fighting. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to get there. I do think that there's an awakening in America that all of this, you know, corporate action that is so offensive to, you know, again, as you mentioned, more than 50 plus percent of your customer base, there's a lot of understanding now how that happened and how we got here. And I think that too many investors shy away from shareholder primacy. They're afraid of it. You know, the media is going to dig up Milton Friedman, Milton Friedman and beat him over the head again like they do every time. But I, I put it to you this way. Shareholder primacy, again, has caused the most human flourishing in world history. Stakeholder capitalism underperforms annually by three to 400 basis points. So again, shareholder primacy is not Gordon Gecko; it's human flourishing. Yeah, no question. I met Milton Friedman on a number of occasions, actually presented with Hillsdale College, presented an award that I helped start called the Adam Smith Award for Individual Excellence in Free Enterprise. He was a brilliant man. Uh, his ideas are still true. If you go back and watch the old grainy free to choose episodes that they had on NPR, look at that and you'll see he makes total sense. So I completely agree. And here's the good news. Because of you and the work that you've done, the American people can determine their future. One of the ways that they can solve this problem, I'm looking at the Strive ETFs, uh, Strive US Energy ETF, Strive US Semiconductor ETF, Emerging Markets X China, uh, 1,000 growth, Strive 1,000 value, 1,000 dividend growth, Strive 500 ETF and small cap ETF. Bottom line is we can move our money to Strive or there are others, uh, you know, second vote and others that are doing good work here as well, but we can move our money to a financial advisor that believes in liberty, security, and values, that wants, uh, wants the ability for the American economy to operate as the founders intended, to maximize returns, not breaking the law, not ruining the environment, none of those things, because those are all captured in the profit motive. That's what Milton Frieden taught me. 
If, if you have a profit motive and you ruin the environment, the law will come down on you and it will cost you. That's the place to have the battle, is in the, the court of public ideas and in the law. But if you serve your customers, serve your employees, uh, pr protect the environment and do all of those things, you will maximize profits. That's the point is you have to have profit motive because that's how we keep score and focusing on any of the other goals instead of the profit motive in this system is detrimental. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. And, you know, we have to start, you know, taking back some ground. So, you know, one of the votes that we make and, you know, recommend to our clients is, is what happens for named executive officers. At almost every annual meeting, there's a, a proposal on the ballot where shareholders get to give a thumbs up or thumbs down for the executive compensation packages of the named executive officers. Kevin, do you realize we're at a point that 83% of the companies in the S&P 500 now to one degree or another tie executive compensation to ESG goals and DEI goals? So, you know, Strive is voting against those packages and not, we're not just voting in silence. Uh, we're made, you know, our votes are all online. Folks can go see how we're voting. And then we are engaging with these businesses after we make the votes to let them know why we're holding certain board members accountable for putting these policies in place. That again, that is a distraction from your mission. That is a distraction from your customers. And that is a distraction again from your shareholders. And so we've got a lot of work to do in this space, but I think the puck is moving in the right direction. And I think you know what we've done in less than a year at Stride shows that quite a bit. No, there's no question. You've helped to wake up the American people. Now the left has gone too far in so many areas. Uh, we just wanna take people back to neutral, maximize shareholder returns based on free market capitalism, which as you pointed out, has brought more people out of poverty and, and increased affluence and prosperity than any other system in the history of the world. So where can people learn more about Strive and also your proxy voting services? Because we train financial advisors, as you know, uh, how can advisors access the information so that they can vote properly? Yeah, come to strive.com, um, read all about uh, everything that we're doing, uh, reach out to us on social media, we're on all the, the, the major channels, and be happy to connect with anybody one-on-one -on -one that wants to advance a you know pro-fiduciary shareholder primacy future for this country. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know you come through Dallas-Fort Worth occasionally, we want to invite you to come to Liberty Hawk Ranch. Uh, just north of DFW. We also want to keep you uh, engaged with our training at Liberty University with the National Security Investment Consultant Institute. We've trained several hundred advisors and we want to have your good uh, efforts there. We're going to feature everything we've talked about today uh, in our free economic battle plan. I know, Justin, you've seen our battle plans before. They're pretty comprehensive. So thank you for being a part of the Economic War Room. Thank you for dedicating your career to something that could save America. Thank you, Kevin, I really appreciate that. Well, Justin's a good friend, and we're, we're gonna have to take what he shared here and put it in our free economic battle plan. You can get a copy at economicwarroom.com. Just click there, and it'll say, get your battle plan here. And when you do, you'll sign up and you'll get a weekly email that will give you a link to our show and a link to the battle plan. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.